Acts chapter 4 is after Acts chapter 3. Start this off with a bang. <sighs> Amazing, right? In Acts chapter 3, you may remember uh, Peter and John, they're walking to the temple to pray, and there's a guy begging outside the gate. Beautiful. Hey, buddy, you got any change? Help me out here. Or in the Bible, he says alms. Give me some alms. And, and Peter and John, they look at him, and Peter says, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I unto thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the guy gets up, and he's walking and, and leaping and praising God. And there's a song written about that. And there's this amazing a miracle that happens outside of the temple. And uh, the religious leaders of the temple, they get upset. Because that seems to be the way. If you want to find out <coughs> who is the super religious person amongst you, let God start working. Let God try to do something a little bit different. Change something. We'll find out. No bangers have been healed here before. Well, we never sang that song before. We never had this thing going on before. And overly religious people uh, like to control things, and when they they can't, um, when things look like uh, they they don't expect them to look, they get upset. And when things don't look and sound and appear like they used to, they get upset. And nothing against religion, obviously. I believe that it is important. Religion is the rules. And the structure that we put around a relationship with Jesus, which keeps us accountable. I'm not a big fan of this religion versus relationship thing. I think we need both. But if you have one or the other and not the other, if you just have religion, well, nothing will ever happen. If you just have relationship, you're going to have a bunch of wackos saying crazy things. And God told me this. And now everybody needs to listen to me and and all that sort of nonsense. So we need both. They work together. And every relationship needs rules and, and structures. There's lines that we cross or we don't cross depending on the relationship. There's things we don't do. Uh, so we need both. Problems come when we start making our own rules. God gave us enough in the word. And problems come when we start adding to these rules and make our own and treat them like they're his rules. And that's what the Pharisees or the religious leaders of the early church days did and they still do if we're being honest and when we do that sort of thing we end up with problems and Peter and John through faith uh, through prayer and in Jesus name they saw a guy healed and they saw a miracle happen and these religious leaders of the temple they get upset because they didn't have any say in it they didn't approve of this thing happening they didn't you know they, they had nothing to do with it and they couldn't control it and Peter and John they had been preaching to the crowd that gathered inside the, the temple because of this Miracle, and I don't know if you know this, but miracles attract people and crowds. People start getting healed, people will come and want to see what's going on. And this guy was, he'd been there for years and he'd been healed, and everybody was like, What's going on? Let's see what's going on. And they all went over, and Peter started preaching to them. And the, the priests and the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the religious guys, they got upset and they arrested Peter and John. And uh, I don't know if you know the story, but it doesn't work. 5,000 people were added to the church anyway. Um, but these ultra-religious guys, they take him, or take Peter and John, they keep them overnight, and they put them on sort of a, a trial. And this is where we pick up the story that we read at the beginning. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you 
done this? So I say, how have you done this? Who gave you the power? Who gave you the authority to, to heal this guy? What's going on here? What do you think you're doing? We didn't approve of this. We didn't say that you could do this. And what do you think you're doing? And when God starts working, people inevitably will get upset. When people come in contact with Jesus, they're either changed for the better or they get angry and upset. That's everyone that met Jesus in the Bible. That's what happened. People meet Jesus, they're either changed for the better or they get upset. And we like to have things neat and we like to have things tidy. We like to have them the way that we like to have it, nice and quiet. And uh, that's not always the way that it works. They were just going to a normal prayer meeting, and they did this three times a day, and in comes this formerly lame guy leaping and dancing, and woo, I can walk. I can walk. All excited. And it just rattled the guys. What's the big idea? We didn't schedule any dancing. Who do you think you are doing this? And when God shows up and he starts to move, we have to let him move. If he wants to heal, we have to let him heal. If he wants to minister, we need to get out of the way and get out of our whatever and just let him work. If he wants to speak, we need to let him speak. If he wants to deliver, we need to step aside and stop trying to control him. He can move on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday Bible study or a Tuesday Afternoon. If you want to drive Jesus away, all you need to do is start telling him what to do. John 6 and 15, And Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king. He departed again to a mountain himself alone. He leaves and we try to force him to do what it is that we think he should do. He's the Lord. He's master. He's God. He's the one in control, not us. And so they say to Peter and John, How are you doing this? Who told you? You could do this. Who gave you the authority? And then verse 8 says, Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel. He was filled with the, the Holy Ghost. And if you're going to stand up, if you're ever going to make a difference in the world around us, we need to be filled with the Holy Ghost and not just received it once upon a time, but filled with his spirit. And that means there isn't anything else. If you fill something up, there's nothing else in it. Not filled with a mixture of the Holy Ghost and his own ego and his own pride and his own will. If we're ever going to do anything worth doing, we need to be filled and we need to let him work through us. Let him lead and let him move. That is the difference between Peter and the religious leaders. Peter was full of the Holy Ghost. This is the same Peter who weeks before had denied that he even knew Jesus. This is the same guy who cursed and said, I don't know who he is three different times. This is the guy who had failed, but now he's been filled with the Holy Ghost and now his life has been changed and now he's never going to deny Jesus again. And now he's filled with the Holy Ghost and Jesus help us. If we could be filled with his spirit, there's no telling what he can do through us, but we're comfortable with the way we are, and we don't want it to happen. We want to control him and what he can do, so we don't allow him to fill us and work through us. A few weeks before, Peter had denied who Jesus was because he was afraid, and now he was full of the Holy Ghost, and he's already been arrested, but he's not backing down ever again. When we are filled with the Holy Ghost, there is a, a boldness that comes upon us, and we, are, we don't back down for anything. We don't back down for anyone. This totally 
changed him. Acts 4 and 31, it says, And when they had prayed, the place was shaken, where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. The early church, after this story, they prayed for boldness after their persecution had started. And what did God do to answer their prayer? He filled them full of the Holy Ghost. If you want boldness, get filled with the Spirit. If you want to see things change in your life, get filled with the Holy Ghost. Pray and get into His presence. And like John the Baptist say, He must increase and I must decrease. If we want to be filled with His Spirit, some of me needs to go. Some of my stuff has to go. I can't be filled with me and the Holy Ghost. It's one or the other. Normally, we would just walk by the lame guy. Sorry, buddy, no change today. Now, because he's full of the Spirit, he sees things differently like Jesus would. He says, I don't have any money, but here's the healing. Less of me and more of him. <clears throat> Verse 9 and 10 says, If we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole? Be it known unto you, all unto the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand before you whole. Peter said, if you're going to judge us, if you're going to examine us because this guy has been healed, I'm going to tell you how he was healed. And since you want to know so bad, you've arrested us and you've kept us overnight and you brought us out here before everyone, I'm going to tell you how this guy was healed. He says it was by Jesus. Remember that guy that you condemned? Remember that guy that you crucified a few weeks ago? You thought you had stopped him? You thought you had silenced him? But he's still going because you can't stop Jesus. You can't stop his name. You can't stop the power that's in his name. You thought you put an end to this, but you didn't because nothing can stop Jesus. The gates of hell cannot stand against the church. And Peter, a few weeks ago, he was in a similar situation. He was around a fire and people said, hey, you were one of the disciples. You were the one, you were with him, right? And you were a disciple. And he's like, ah, no. And, and he denied him three times. And now he's in the middle of a circle again, proudly proclaiming it's Jesus. This is how this thing has happened. It's through the power of the name of Jesus. And things have changed in Peter's life because he's been filled with the spirit. Verse 11 says, and this is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. He said, you neglected Jesus, but now he's become the head of the corner. He's become the most important thing. And everything we do is built on him. Everything we're doing should be built on him. If we're going to be full of the Holy Ghost, if we're going to be used by God, then we need to have Jesus, like we said this morning, as the most important thing in our lives we need to build on him everything needs to be based off of him the cornerstone was the first stone that you put down when you built a, a house and everything will line up with with that stone if that was crooked the house was crooked if that was no good the house was no good we need to build on him everything needs to be based off of jesus not off our tradition not off our feelings not off some post on facebook not off the news not off what people are saying Nothing else but him. Jesus needs to be the most important thing in our lives. And if we reject him, we're building wrong and it won't last. Reject Jesus and we are no better than the religious nuts that arrested Peter and John. 
They couldn't even recognize when God was moving. They said, Ooh, how is this happening? This, they didn't even understand what was going on. Jesus needs to be the number one thing in our lives. And being in his presence needs to be the most important thing. Walking with him, following him, serving him, and obeying him needs to be the number one thing in our lives. He needs to be the cornerstone. Verse 12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Peter just keeps going. Peter's fired up. <laughs> he says, The only way to be saved is through Jesus. The only name that can save us is Jesus. We must be saved by his name. And he's talking, you don't even realize this, but Peter's talking to Pharisees and religious leaders and priests and these are people who thought that they were saved, who thought they were better than the other people around, who thought they were a big deal. And these types of these are the types of guys that they've been doing this their whole lives. The religious leaders, they gave years of study to the word. And they had to study they, until they were 30 years old before they could even teach. It would start when they were a young teenager. They would be taught before 30 before they could ever even get behind something pulpit or whatever they were called, get up and teach in the temple or the, or the synagogue. We were, when we were in Bible school, we met a rabbi uh, in Fredericton, and it's just, his knowledge of the Old Testament was amazing, but he said he didn't get the, the other stuff, but it was incredible how much he knew, and this is what these guys were like. They knew the, the scripture. They knew it frontwards and backwards. They could quote it. They knew all the things. Peter said, you aren't even saved. The only way to be saved is through Jesus. The only way to be saved is through his name. And it's not happening any other way. You can be smarter than everyone else. You can be studying the word and going to church. But the only way that you can be saved is through Jesus. It doesn't matter how smart or religious you are if you don't have Jesus. We don't earn this salvation. You don't come to church for so long and do your good deeds and pay money and say prayers and light candles and that's what makes you saved. You're saved through the name of Jesus, by his blood, by his sacrifice, not because you're a good person or you've earned it, only through Jesus. And we still need Jesus and he needs to be number one. We still need to call on his name and he needs to be the one that we go to. Verse 13 says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled. And they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. What a testimony. When they saw how ignorant they were. When they saw how unlearned they were. When they saw how uneducated Peter and John were, they marveled. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they knew they weren't educated. They knew they were not the smartest in that sense. Maybe they didn't use the fancy words that the other guys use. Maybe they mispronounced things. They were fishermen. Maybe they talked like they were from Newfoundland. Oh, she going there, guys. Maybe that's how they talked. I don't know. But they knew by talking to them, they knew by listening to them that they, they didn't have uh, university degrees or anything like that. And this is what amazes them. Here were these two fishermen standing surrounded by these super religious leaders, these incredibly intelligent 
men and they'd been studying and training their whole lives and they weren't intimidated at all. There was a boldness. I don't know how you feel when you're surrounded by people smarter than you. But I'm in that situation quite a lot. <laughs> Maybe you guys aren't. <coughs> this morning I told you when I um, worked at McDonald's what my job was, but I remember that first meeting I went into and I was going to start doing this. I had no idea what any of the words meant. Even when I left, I didn't know what some of them meant. I just smiled and nodded. Smile away, boys. I <laughs> talked with a friend of ours about accounting and things like that and don't understand it at all. I just, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right, don't open your mouth and let them know how dumb you are. Maybe that's just me, but it seems to happen a lot. And I'm just kind of quiet because I don't know and I don't want them to think that I'm an idiot. And I'm just, yeah, oh yeah, I, mm, yes, smile and nod, you know. And, but here's Peter and John, and they're out of their league. And they're just a couple of fishermen, and they're surrounded by these, these guys that know the word better than they do. And, and instead of being awkward and saying the wrong thing and, and stumbling and, and uh, just making a mess of the whole situation, they don't. And it, it blows the mind of these, these guys. And they realize, the Bible says, that these guys had been with Jesus because they knew what they were talking about. When's the last time someone recognized that you had been with Jesus? When's the last time someone marveled at the things coming out of your mouth in a good way? Sometimes we call them the marvel in other ways. But in a good way. They knew that they'd been with Jesus. There's something about someone who's been with Jesus and actually been close to him. There are two types of Christians, ones who say they are and don't live to back that up, and others you can just tell there's something different about them. There's a joy, there's a peace, there's a forgiveness, there's a wisdom that comes. There's so much of Jesus in their lives you can't help but notice. And that's what I want to be like. So consumed by him that people notice, hey, he's been with Jesus. It's not enough just to know things and, and say the right things, but we need to have him in our life. He needs to be the cornerstone, the most important thing. He's the only, the only name that can save. Should be our only focus. We need to be with Jesus. <coughs> and Jesus is everywhere. He's omnipresent, right? So he's with us. But there's a difference when we are with him. If I'm with him, my focus is on him and my attention is on him. I think I've told you about this before, but <clears throat> um, once upon a time we were in Africa. We went to a market. It's called the Dantokpa Market. It is a, it's in Cotonou where we were living, and it's the largest open-air market in West Africa. Um, it is over 20 hectares, which is over 50 acres. That's how big this market is. And it's one of the most important um, economical spots for the country. 
Uh, they say that over a billion francs, which is a currency, goes through there a day. And um, one day, uh, we went there, and uh, I think it was just us, my old Trisha and myself, we left the kids um, with the missionary, and then their daughter, I think, took us uh, to there. It was an experience, and uh, there's hundreds of thousands of people, and uh, I don't know, whatever you're thinking, however nice you're thinking it is, it's, it's not. It was, it was the sketchiest place I've ever been in. I've never been more scared in all my life. Um, they have these guides that meet you, that lead you to the different stalls or whatever you want to buy. We were looking for fabric. So he, he was taking us to people that he knew. <coughs> it, it was just, we go in, and it says it's open air, but they all, everybody's got roofs but it's just not a one structure or whatever. So we're going through this tunnel, like just super narrow, and the smells were crazy. There were kids all, I don't know, there's people sleeping in the middle of nowhere. It was just, it was just terrifying. It was like, if, this, if we lose sight of this guy, we're gonna never find a way out, because we're twisting and turning, and we're just gonna die in here. And we're, we were <laughs> scared, and they're grabbing us. They're like, oh, mama, look at this, look at this, buy these fabrics. And we're like, no, I don't want that one, it's ugly, whatever, we don't have to say. So you're just going, and, and so it was with my wife, and Hannah was, was the, the girl, and, and whoever this guy was that was leading us, and um, we were technically with thousands of other people in this place, in the same spot, but I was with Trisha, Hannah, and this random dude. I don't remember his name. And so my focus was on them and not getting lost. It was easy to see those two. Because um, they kind of glow in the dark. But my focus was on them and not getting getting lost and not uh, getting stuck in there. I was like, this guy leaves us. I don't know how we're going to get it. we got to do whatever this guy says because we take him off and he just takes off. I don't know what's going to happen. It was just wild. We ended up getting fabric and some other things and it was fine. But at the moment, I was like, this is the craziest thing I've ever been in. But my focus was on them. And this is how it is with Jesus. He's always with us, but most of the time we're unaware. Maybe we aren't really paying attention. We're surrounded by all these other people and all this stuff, but all these other things going on, but I want to be with him and I want my focus and my attention to be with him as he leads me through all these things. My energy, my attention. And when I do that, I'm with him. And lives can be changed and my and my focus and my worship, my time and energy are put on to Him. He can lead me where He needs to lead me. And people notice that. And there's lives that are, are changed. And the Bible says, Beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. <coughs> because they had been with Jesus. Because the man who'd been healed was with them. They could say nothing against them. When we are with um, Jesus, he will back us up. We live our lives like that. He will show up, and there's nothing that anyone can say against us. When we spend time with Jesus, not just around him, but with him, when our attention and our focus is on him, and that's all that matters is just going where he's going and just spending time with him. 
The miracle, the miraculous happens, and he backs up, backs us up. And Jesus is here because he's everywhere. But we need to turn our attention and our focus on him and spend time with him. It's not enough just to read the word. It's not enough just to come to church, but we need to be filled with his spirit. We need to be with him. If you want to see miracles in your lives, if you want to be used, if you want, we need to be with him, with him. They saw that they, were, they had been with Jesus, and that was the difference. I want to make a difference in my world. I want to make a difference in our, our community, wherever I go. And the only way that's going to happen is if I spend time with him. Not just around him, but with him. You know when you're sitting with somebody in your house, maybe, and they're scrolling on their phone, and you're with them, but you're not really with them. They're millions of miles away. We can do that to Jesus sometimes. We come to church and our minds are elsewhere. We're not really focused on him. We're not really with him. We can, you know, read through our Bible and think about other things. We're not really focused on him. We're not really with him. So it's that being with him that fills us with the spirit that gets us working or that gets him working in our lives. And so that's what I think we need to, to take some time tonight and just spend some time with Jesus and make a conscious effort. It kind of goes along with what we said this morning, but make a conscious effort and be intentional about our time and how we're going to spend it and be with him. If we're going to see him work in our homes and we're going to see him work in our, our families and our communities and all these things that we pray for, we need to be with him and let him work through us. We may not be the smartest, maybe fishermen or clamors or I don't know, Whatever. We may be all these other things. We may not be, we may not have all the degrees, we may not have all the things. But there's something about spending time with Jesus that makes a difference. So let's, we're gonna, we're gonna open the altar this evening. If you wanna come, let's just take some time and suspend it in his presence. Let's just pray and, and commit to him tonight that we're gonna, we're gonna keep doing this. We're gonna, we're going to spend time with him. Because this is what makes the difference. There's so many other things we can do. There's so many other um, things that distract us and, and all that. And we need to take some time and spend it with Jesus if we're going to make any sort of impact on our world. So let's do that um, tonight. In Jesus' name.